there are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can absolutely light up your funnels. Let's go. This is the Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your host, Chris Mechanic. Join me as I uncover the secrets of the world's most elite CMOs marketing leaders. The Revenue Driven CMO is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. I am here with an amazing guest today that you guys are going to love to listen to. You should uh, probably stop what you're doing and bookmark this episode, but I feel... um, excited and grateful to be speaking with her today. She's led global marketing teams, like from literally, you know, from startup to multi-billion dollar corps. Uh, she's been featured on all types of podcasts and um, like recently on the marketing journey. She uh, is a seasoned marketing executive, a strong track record of innovation, creativity, accelerating growth, uh, working with leading tech companies and she is known for really building enduring customer-centric brands and driving results-focused marketing programs, uh, but also delivering rewarding customer experiences and partner experiences and inspiring her team. She was at Intel, which you probably have heard of for over 20 years. Uh, and then she was at she was a CMO at Realware which is a leading provider of assisted reality wearable solutions directly prior to this role. Currently, she's CMO of Amparity, which is the leading customer data and identity platform, uh, helping some of the world's most loved brands take control of their customer data to drive better business results. So we are super excited to welcome Megan McDonald, who's currently CMO of Imparity. Welcome, Megan, to the show. Thank you for having me. You know how we like to roll. We like to lead with the value. So why don't you tell everybody, like, what is one of your biggest secrets to marketing success? Like, how have you been able to achieve the success in your career? Uh, yeah, I think... Um... My secret to marketing success, it's its its going to sound very textbook, but I am somewhat of a classically trained marketer. I have an undergraduate business degree in marketing and a, an MBA in marketing, but it really is uh, understanding, going back to basics. I like to really understand and think like my buyer. So really thinking of truly understanding what the buyer, who the buyer is, uh, the buyer journey, what makes them tick. Um, how do they behave? What are their pain points and passions? Um, how can I break through? You know, how can I break through to them? What channels do they engage with? What kind of content are they engaging in? This is constantly changing and evolving through time. And so really understanding that uh, is important. And I find that if you don't understand who your customer is uh, and who you're who you're talking to, really well, then it's just going to affect everything uh, down the line. So it's super basic, but I'm kind of a back to basics kind of person. And like making sure we get the fundamentals right is really important because then all the creative things we think of downstream will all be kind of generated from that um, really understanding that buyer really well. Hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. Even if you're already a client, if you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization. If you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, web mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, fill out the two minute form and you will not regret it. Literally zero downside, unlimited potential for growth. So do yourself a favor, revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, no hyphens, no punctuations. You will be happy about that decision. Yeah. And people forget about the basics because it's a noisy world that we live in. 
It really is. And, you know, I think people try to go for um, sometimes can get a little bit distracted by stunts or like, you know, trying to do something really, really kind of creative and different. But again, if the target audience that they're that they're talking to aren't going to relate to it very well, it's not going to be as effective, even though it might it might you know be super, super fun and and creative. It's just not from a business perspective. It's not going to be as impactful as it could be is if it's all born or derived from really understanding that customer really well. So that's whenever I, I I manage marketing teams, that's always the first fundamental question that we have to get right. And even yeah. when I, uh, in my, in my current role where I, you know, it's like, we have to understand that buyer's journey and, uh, and, and, and what people go through as they're evaluating a product that, that, you know, that I work on and, uh, and how can we impact that journey and make it easier for them? Um, as they're, as they're, uh, you know, going through it. Yeah. So I want to, of course, talk about Imparity uh, soon, but I also want to tap into some of your previous experiences. Like how has this concept of understanding the customer, how have you done that first and foremost? Like how have you learned that mm-hmm. uh, either at Imparity or at uh, some of your previous roles? And then how have you put that into play? Like how have you actually put that those learnings into motion. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've approached it in in two different ways at um, at the different companies. When you're at a company, you know, you mentioned that I worked at Intel for 20 years. I mean, we had large market research teams that paired up, you know, hand in hand with the marketing team that were really in charge of understanding the persona and giving us insights. And we did a lot of both um, first party and third party research. We did a lot of focus groups. We did a lot of... Um, of, of questionnaires and and uh, and and sampling of of kind of what makes the the customer tick. We did a lot of segmentation, understanding different behaviors, and really getting to the root of who we're targeting. But we and we revised this. We actually work with 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 several uh, research companies and you know people that had you know PhDs in understanding human behavior to really get down to to what's motivating. So that's that that is a resource of a really large company can do that. But when I've been at, at startups, it's like, okay, how are we going to understand the customer journey? But we don't have large teams or large budgets to go um, to go and do this. So at, at both companies, the, both startups that I've been at, we've really tapped into our customer advisory board where we've interviewed um, kind of our, our, our best and, uh, and uh, you know, and interested customers just to, you know, to engage them on you know, what got you to buy our product and let's, let's, you know, go back a little bit in time or, you know, what was the problem you started with and how did you research and what did you read and what sources do you trust and um, uh, what made you decide uh, us and what, what messaging was impactful, all of that stuff. We, we kind of sat down. Those are brilliant questions. So could you run that back real quick? It was like, (laughs) like, let's go back in time. Let's go back in time and understand what what problem were you experiencing, right? Like what what problem did you realize that you had that you that you needed to solve? And then what was the first thing you did? What was your pain? And then what was the first thing you did to actually figure out how to solve that? What did you do? So it's like what you feel, what you do. What did you do? Where did you You said what did you read at some point? Yeah, what sources do you trust, right? Um, where did you go for information? How did you validate that information? Um, uh, and then what what did you what were you choosing between? And how did you make sure that this was the right solution for you? How what how did what was your what was your testing process and wow. or your kind of evaluation process? And then what got you to you know choose the brand you know either company that I was at which 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 got you to choose it? And now that we also were then able to say okay now that now that you've been our customer for X amount of time, did we live up to what we communicated in your journey, right? Did, did, did the messaging and our prom- what we promised that we did, did it live up to it? And, 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 and now that you know, uh, what we, you know what we're doing to help your company, would you actually advise us to um, you know, change any of those messages, right? It's a really good way of testing, like if, you know, knowing what you know now, now that you're a customer and you've worked with us for X amount of time, and we're driving and we're jointly driving value together, would you give us any advice? Like if you were to advise me on what, what messaging evolution I should look at, 
what would that be? Because these guys are using our product firsthand, right? And so it's a really good way to, to actually get um, get feedback and build a really good trust with your with your customers and your clients. These are, I mean, we build long term clients because we we sign usually like you know a three year deal because what what we're helping um, customers do and unifying all of their sources of customer data, it um, it takes some time to pull it all together and to unify it and get it and get it you know hydrating and enriching um, all the downstream platforms. So we have long we want we want to build really long really good long-term relationships with our customers. And we want feedback um, from them on, on, you know, constantly on ways that we can improve. So it's a really good way to kind of open up that dialogue and for the marketing team to be able to say, oh, wow, let's actually build, we actually ended up building a journey out a journey from, you know, probably 12 to 15 customers that we interviewed, different types, different types of personas, different types of companies, just so we made sure we didn't get you know, we weren't too too biased into to one way of thinking. Yeah. And then we were able to kind of um put together a typical buyer's journey. And then uh once that was done, we're able to kind of evaluate, well, what are we doing compared to what does that buyer's journey look like that our customers have told us, right? Yeah. So again, it's not a hundred percent scientific if you look at from a market research perspective, but it's pretty, pretty um uh, directionally accurate in um, how people evaluate um, at least the the products that that we're selling in each of those um, those different examples that I told you. Well, I think that was the clip. So the clip, you know, the the value bomb clip, I think we have it back there, which is if I were to summarize it, I would say basically to interview your customer advisory boards, interview your best customers, and the question set that you provided just now on the fly, I think is like a masterclass. It's like, let's go back in time, Mr. Customer. So this is for customers that have already chosen you. Yes. Like, let's go back in time. What did you read? Like, what were your sources of information? And which sources of information did you trust? How'd you validate those sources? What different things were you choosing between? And sometimes the choices, one of them is this, just the status quo to do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then how did you uh, how did you validate ultimately what you chose? What was your process? How did you choose it? And then really, I think the the nice twist that you added there was, hey, now that you've been a customer for X amount of time, how did we live up to that? Because now yeah. you're transitioning from you know the market research role to almost like almost like customer success or like because most of the customers probably in your case would be like yeah you guys are doing great but anything that they say there would be invaluable uh, yep. feedback for the customer success team and yeah. then uh, and then the other big twist that you added which I really appreciated was. Uh, how would you advise us? So now looking at this messaging and I'm envisioning you're like sharing your screen at this point, you know, and showing them your landing pages or your campaigns. Like how would you advise us on this messaging based on this journey? So I think that we literally did that in a customer advisory board of um, a month or so ago. And it was, we, we trust what our customers say and they, they actually give us really honest and good feedback because what we're doing is not perfect. It's evolving over time. Um, and so it's really good to get that feedback. And, and I, we also asked them what would have been helpful in the journey that we didn't provide that maybe you wish that you knew, right. Um, as you're evaluating the solution, you know, for how to solve this problem. Um, and so it helps us think about, um, you know, different types of messaging or content or engagement that we should have. Uh, that we should put in place for future customers, um, and so it's. I think it's a it's a, it's a re- it's a really good uh, advisory board of of real people who are um, who who have gone through that that journey. Yeah, so. and that's something. I mean, so you know, at Intel, obviously, you had a big customer research team and these different companies you were working with that would help you do this. But even for a startup, like that's within reach for a startup. For sure, like you can just I mean, simply call. Assuming that you have some customers, right, that are signing up, yeah, you can just simply call them 
at some point and asked them that exact same question set, which, you know, in a nutshell is like past, like, tell me about, like, let's go back in time. Tell me about the pain that led up to this, what you did, what you searched specifically, like what websites you read and what, you know, what kind of, of content did you, you engage with that was really helpful, right? Like that's always, cause that's what my team does. We build, you know, we're building educational content that's going to help our prospects understand how we can help solve their problems. We want to make sure not just like how many downloads did we get, like some of the digital feedback we get. It's really nice to, you know, if we, if we, if we, you know, you interview your customers and no one says that they looked at any of your content, you're like, wow, is that the most effective? Are we using the most effective channels? How could we improve that? It just kind of, you know, you, you do get a, it's easy to get a dig- digital feedback. Like this is the, the clicks and the downloads and some of that stuff, but it, it's really nice to get um, human feedback on this was helpful for me. This was not helpful. And so it really, it helps us kind of think through what do we need to do differently and how do we keep improving and, um, uh, and, uh, and, and kind of innovating on the, on the ways that we're communicating uh, to our prospects. Yeah. hundred percent. So there's definitely some good bites in there. Uh, mm-hmm. One other little value piece that I'll add, you know, for the smaller companies in the room that might not be able to afford well, anybody can afford calling their customers and yeah, just like interviewing them. And that's really and where the customers are is. really great. They're really excited about it, right? They're they're they like to get a, a help, you know. They like to they like to um when people ask them what's your what's your feedback and what's your perspective? And and there are at least the customers we have are very honest about this is working really well, this is this is where I need help, and it's great. It's such a good dialogue, especially for um, you know, a, a growing startup to like, you know, listen to our customers and understand um, how we can continue to help them. Yeah. So I help us. It's a, it's a, it's a win-win, I think. I think so too. So how do you balance? So you've worked at large companies and small companies at a small company. It's just like, makes total sense. Like call the customer and ask them questions at a large company. It's like, Hey, you're the CMO. Like you can't, realistically call every single customer how do you balance those two things like how do you sort of keep the good stuff about the small company vibe yeah well i also working at a larger company yeah i mean i do think at a larger company you still have the opportunity to talk to some customers right like just take a take a a segment or a subset, or maybe there's a handful of customers. I I I actually think you're cu- that uh, the more that uh, the marketing team engages with customers, the more we learn, right? And so um, how and even even at a very large company. And when I was at Intel, our CMO would would talk to our customers quite a bit. So for example. Uh, I worked on a very well-known program called Intel Inside, right? So we ran the largest co-op marketing program in the world. Um, it was about a billion dollars in advertising, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, impact went that went into the market. And so we'd work with our, with the, obviously our largest OEM customers like a Dell or a Lenovo or HP. And our CMO would meet with HP and Lenovo and Dell, et cetera, et cetera, and understand like, what are we doing well? What do we what do we need to think about? How do we improve? You know, like you just have you have to they they cannot be out of touch with what the customers um, are really interested in. Otherwise, I feel like they're not going to know how to direct their teams. And so, at least when I was at Intel, the CMO would would be very you know ears to the ground with what the customer feedback was, and they check in on like a quarterly basis and have kind of a a QBR review on kind of how are we doing, what can we do better. Um, how can we jointly go drive? Um, we were trying to sell PCs, right? And so, uh, how do we jointly go and uh, you know do whatever uh, what we are whatever we are trying to accomplish in the market at that particular time? Yeah. And so we get a lot of really good feedback. So it's really important to stay close to your customers, even. And so at my current company, we've been uh, you know we've been talking about ways that the marketing team can kind of keep engaged. Um, with our customers, because we do, we build the first call deck, we build a lot of content that the sales team uses, and we can't do it in isolation of not understanding what the customer feedback is. So 
we we really we find opportunities to um, f- to still engage with our customers, whether it's with the customer advisory board or we sit in on some prospect calls and we're, we we look at gong feedback and how are these messages resonating and you know we're really trying to keep our ears to the ground to make sure that we're um, we're, we're we're innovating and and uh, and 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 you know telling the right story. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a great piece of advice. And we were talking about going back to basics. And there's some people that are listening to this that might be like, oh, you know, that's basic stuff. Like we all do that. But we don't all do that. You know, like CMOs get busy. Their calendars get crowded. I can only imagine your calendar. Right. But if you're listening to this right now, anybody and you are like looking for a takeaway, I think that's a brilliant takeaway is basically just put time on your calendar all your best clients, your best customers, especially the most recent ones, and interview them about their journey. Like yep. it is simple. You'll learn a lot. It, you but- will learn a lot. And I think they will value you taking the time that you care about what they think and that you really want to know how you can constantly evolve because they are your, you know, c- c- you know, with their feedback. And so yeah. it um I would estimate that like only 50% of CMOs do that on a regular basis. If that, that'd be Uh, my best estimate. I don't know what the stat is, but um, all I know is every time we talk to customers, we learn a ton and, um, and you, you never, we never regret spending time listening, you know, you know, putting your, your listening hat on and just understanding and, uh, and figuring out how can you improve it? How can you pr- improve the experience for the future prospects? But then you just learn a lot about things that we can do as we engage and we manage um, partner relationships that our, you know, client success team drives. But you know, marketing helps them with content too, and so it's uh, it's, it's it's always a win-win. Yeah, yeah, and um, another tidbit of good advice that I've had in regards to this is like your successful customers, the customers that are doing great on your platform to like, we all write up case studies, right? And case studies are good, but uh, you know, to tell those stories and to do them sort of in an ungated fashion or maybe even on LinkedIn and to do them like in, in concert with the client themselves. So like they know that you're publishing these things like that can be some really high impact content. It really can. And, you know, we run um, an annual conf- conference called Amplify, where we bring our uh, all of our customers together, as well as our prospects. And we talk about um, not, only, not only things that are going within parity, our product, um, new product features or new product uh, deliverables, but we also talk about what's going on in the market. Um, with customer data and you know and, and what are the challenges that marketing's facing um and you know we ran our last one we ran we uh, in may and uh my team did an amazing job pulling together all of the content and um, pulling together this this day of impactful conversation and panels and you know we had more of our customers wanting to join us uh, on stage to tell their story than we even had room for, which is a, wow. it's an amazing thing, uh, you know, uh, because our team creates really impactful conferences that people learn from. And so we, um, you know, we we were the good thing is we had a we had a great day. We had a lot of really good sharing. We had great feedback from our um, all the panels and different topics that we had. Um, we'll try to get everybody on stage at some, you know, at some point. Uh, but there were a few that we that we couldn't quite fit into all all of the panels. But um, we'll we'll figure out how to get them on in other ways. But then we were able to take that content and from you know, the recordings from that from that conference and use it in our uh, social media and other in other places. Even our um, our BDR and sales team are able to send prospects like, Hey, hear it from, you know, XYZ customer wow. who, who has solved this problem and, you know, shared their, their, their learnings on stage with us. So that's huge. That, that was, and are that, could that's still our best performing content this fall because people love to, uh, hear a uh, validation of, of other customers experience. It's, it's, it's not just marketing hype. It's actual real, 
real customers telling telling our story through their lens, yeah. which is uh, is incredible. It's very powerful, and so that's, that's powerful. Yeah, on many levels. Because if I tell you about how great I am, like you may or may not believe me, but if somebody else tells you about how great I am, so exactly. that's powerful psychologically on that level. But it's also powerful that you know you could just produce this this level of an event where you literally had more volunteers to come up on stage than you had time to do it that means yeah. you had more customer success stories than you know you literally had time to tell yep which means that you guys are definitely doing something right so golf claps all around <laughs> for the it, team i mean on that. It, we it, you know we're only as successful as our the customers we have and the value that we bring them and so if they're willing to tell that value and share that value with others um but that's that's amazing and we also had a lot of great industry leaders that wanted to um that wanted to kind of share their their perspective and point of views and so that was that was great and so we're working on our our conference for next year and uh, what we want to talk about and how we bring in the right the right level of content and opportunities for our customers to participate. And so it's it's fun. It's fun to figure out how we put that together again. Brilliant. Um, All right. So tell us about Imparity. I mean, I think that, you know, some listeners are certainly familiar with the company and familiar with the concept of customer data platforms, but there's a lot of confusion in the market you know, around CDPs, it's like, is it the same as CRM? Is it the same as a data warehouse, like, or data lake? Like, what, what's the deal? So tell us a little bit about Imparity and, uh, and why you decided to join, because I'm sure you could have, you know, gone almost anywhere. Sure, yeah. So I, I think you, you gave us a, a good introduction. So we are uh, part of the consumer data platform uh category but we like to tell we like to say that we are the platform for customer data which is more than just a play on words but we are basically uh the kind of central infrastructure platform for customer data inside of a customer a a, a brand's tech stack or, or martech stack right so we help large consumer brands in all different categories on retail uh QSR uh, sports leagues, um, financial services. Yeah, uh, Planet Fitness, yeah, Wyndham we, Hotels and Resorts. Like these are travel and hospitality. We have uh, so lots of really big brands. We help them, you know, pull together all of their different streams of of customer data, um, unify it, uh, and stitch it together in inside of our platform build a really rich, robust customer 360 unified unified view of their customer. So uh, they can use that unified customer view to not only understand who their customers are and uh, understand trends and understand things like who's, you know, what what's my lifetime value um, around these customers and what is my churn rate and how do I um, how do I build lookalike models uh, based on the best customers that I have, so I can you know acquire more customers? Um, so basically, you can take that that great unified uh, customer um, uh, view, and then you can basically enrich or hydrate or power all your downstream marketing tools, such as your SMS or email platform or your marketing cloud or your um, your uh, paid media, right? All of, uh, we have connectors directly into um, probably 80 to 90% of, of the paid media availability um, with, you know, lots of, you know, you know, Google and TikTok and, you know, Meta um, and Amazon and the trade desk, et cetera. So, um, which, which is pretty amazing. So it's kind of an end to end. So if you're Wyndham hotels, you know, and you have hotels all across the country, and you want to run a promo, say, in North Carolina, mm -hmm. you know, for for those uh, events, doing that would be quite difficult if you were just running on Google Analytics or, you know, whatever, Adobe even would be quite difficult. Uh, yeah, especially so if you wanted to do it to the segment in North Carolina that was like the higher spending segment, you know, like the one that did the deluxe rooms or the ones that use the mini bar, for instance, right? 
Exactly. So, you know, for an example, like a Wyndham or a hotel chain, most of them have, you know, a lot of them have different levels, right? You have your your brand that's your premium brand and you have your mid-tier brand and maybe you have your budget brand. And so really being able to segment who's staying at what and how do I how do I get them to come up to the next tier and how do I get them to extend their stay from one night to five nights? And how do I, if I have a new hotel, like who who wants to come to, you know, to the to the new hotels and and um and, and stay at a different or they like certain experiences, or they like certain accommodations. Or, you know, how do I look at the, you know, multi-state area to have, to make sure everybody understands, you know, to, to advertise for, you know, for coming to my hotel and, you know, understanding behavior and understanding, um, you know, uh, you know, using predictive analytics to figure out who has stayed at our, these, these, these types of hotels before, what's their profile. And then how do I, how do I create campaigns to audience that look similar to them to try to get them to come and stay at my hotel. I, I'm just giving examples of of all different things that you know. Once you understand your your data set, um, and uh, and really understand all your customer attributes and can segment them in really interesting ways, it really helps you figure out all the promotional opportunities um, that you have. But the another good thing that we do is because we uh, unify all your different sources of data. For example, and this could apply to any brand, you could run a campaign and understand the cause and effect. So say that you ran a campaign, you know, uh, to a certain audience trying to get them, you're, you're selling, you have a new product in your, in your, in your retail store. Let's just say you, you ran, um, you ran a, a, a campaign on that and you know who got that campaign and, and interacted with it. And then you can tie it to who actually went in the store, either in the store or online and transacted. So it's actually that closed loop, um, feedback that you're getting, which is very important for many brands. When I was a marketer at Intel and ran really large budgets, you know, really talking about the ROI of, of the impact that we made was very hard because we didn't know I ran this ad and did somebody actually go and buy a PC with the product I was advertising in it? It was, yeah. it was a little bit of a, there was sometimes correlation that we could get but you couldn't get the exact like cause and effect of, of that advertising. And so yeah. because we pulled together the transactional data, you'd get that holistic view um, and that closed loop. And that's why a lot of, uh, especially retail customers, that's where they, they, um, they love having uh, access to this type of data because they know, you know, Oh, if I, um, you know, if I advertise a, a new type of product and I, I know exactly who's going to come to the store or QSR, if we advertise a new a food feature, for example, and I and advertise it to uh, to my loyalty group, I know exactly who goes in and actually transacted and came in and bought that particular food product as, as an example. Right. So, yeah, that's no, really that's... good feedback for them to say, oh, that worked or maybe that didn't work and we need to try something new. Um, and so it, it's really helpful for marketers to be able to um, uh, understand that the investments they're making are actually paying off or, or are they not? And do they need to adjust it in, in a different way? Yeah, it's huge. And I mean, I'll, I can see, you know, just on your guys' website uh, in the in the case of Wyndham. So 90% of their budget was deployed against Amparity audiences oh. within a month. So that points to like quick to deploy 35% less media costs, 60% increase in conversion. So like a two and a half million dollar delta basically right there. And I imagine yes. that's in a shorter, you know, relatively short period of time. Yes. And, and uh, I mean, we have lots of examples of, of those types of um, case studies on the impact, especially around paid media where we've driven, um, you know, incredible return on ad spend. But um, you know, understanding your customers better and also stitching together customers. Um, I mean, most brands probably have, um, you know, there's pro they probably like it, the my favorite, some of my favorite brands probably think there's five or six Megan McDonough's that that uh, are at their company because, you know, I've gotten married over time. I've moved addresses. I've probably used different emails because maybe there's a promotion code you can get like free shipping at holidays or a discount code. And yeah. so, you know, people, you know, people sign up for different things. And so they think there's five of me when really there's only one of me. And so we help brands unify these profiles. So they're like, oh, there's one Megan. 
McDonough and she has, she lives at this address. This is her most recent. And these are her five email addresses that she uses. Um, so when a brand goes to find me on, let's say, um, Instagram, they say, these are the five, these are the five email addresses that we know for Megan. And the matches are really high because they know what to match against. But if you only send, if you send over me with a, you know, maybe a different address than what I signed up for Instagram for, then your match rate is going to be really low. And so we help brands re increase their match rates. We've seen some, some of our customers, we've seen match rates on a lot of the ad platforms that, you know, in the, in the 90 percentages and the average match wow. rate with brands is in, I think between 40 and 60. Yeah. And so you can't match to your audience. That means you have a smaller reach. Totally. So we customers get a bigger reach. Um, and because they've unified their profiles and they know that there's one, only one Megan, they're not wasting advertising and trying to hit me in five different places because they know only to hit me. I'm only one person. I'm not five different people. Right. So not only does it more efficient and effect and cost effective, it's also a better experience for me. Cause I mean, think about all those brands that you have that, um, that, uh, where they're like, they're, they think that there's multiples of you. And you're like, I just got five emails from them. And it's annoying because they don't know who I, who I am. And they, or they'll send you, send you ads for stuff that you've already bought. Or, you know, I think the most irritating is, you know, when you sign up for something using a discount code, and then they, then all of a sudden you get a better coupon code right after you bought. And you're like, how does that happen? That's a terrible yeah. brand experience because you're annoyed because you just bought something. And then the brand gives you a deeper discount code after you've already bought and it just does not create a very good customer experience. Um, and so brands are always looking at ways that they can, you know, looking to improve their, um, their customer experience. And so yeah. really help them figure out if you know your customer really well, you're going to know what have they bought? What are they likely to buy? Um, um, and, and, and not sending them things that maybe they've, um, they've already bought, right? Like you, you hate to get an email on Monday morning of the things that you bought over the weekend. You're right. like, you know me as a customer, right? Yeah. And think about all this experience. You probably had those experience where you're like, I all can't believe time. the brand did that to me. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I've already purchased this product brand. Like stop showing me your remarketing ads. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, that's a huge issue. That's what we really help brands do. And, um, at the end of the day, all brands want to have great customer experiences. They want their customers to have great experience with their brand because that creates brand loyalty and brand stickiness. But when you don't know your customer, most likely um, you could be giving them a not, not an agree experience because people think about, wait, I'm, I'm, you know, you're, you're treating your VIPs like you don't know them, right? Some of right. your best customers have the messiest data because they're very loyal to your brand and they've, they've given you information over time. And you just haven't evolved and you haven't evolved with their information. And so um, it's, uh, you know, to avoid customer churn and increase experiences, it's really great. It's really important to understand who your customer is. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. unifying those five different profiles is huge. Like, it is. How, like, because then, I mean, yeah, it's huge on many levels and we could go into that. I want to be sensitive to your time. I know that yeah. you've... Uh, got to stop here coming but yep. um what you are your challenges about a passionate product of mine right like i know i know you talked about a very a very passionate uh initiative and why i why i came to amparity because we have solved the uh you know even before i came the company was founded by solving the hardest problem in customer data is you know we they built an ai and ml engine that uh that can unify uh, profiles in a unique way that finds all the commonalities um, that that people have in the different you know email addresses and names and addresses and et cetera that they have. And so that is the reason one of the reasons why I came to the company because we've already solved that. And so it's like how do it's just a matter of how do we get how do we communicate that to to uh, the biggest brands in the world that that uh, that are going to have such a better experience. Um, if they can get unify those profile and really build a really good unified customer data foundation as yeah. you know, it can be kind of the center of that stack. So going exactly. back to the question that you asked me before, that's really why I came to Amparity. And it's, uh, it's, it's what, it's what makes us all excited to get out of bed every day and, uh, and to, um, you know, work with customers to bring them value. And it's so fun to see like some of the case studies that you pointed out where, Brands are 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 realizing these uh, great results um, 
because they're starting with a really robust, clean data foundation. Yeah. Um, but and that same foundation can hydrate lots of different things within their stack. It can even even your customer service experience can be better because imagine when you call um, a customer, when you you know you call about something you know something you ordered, and if the customer service answers and says, "Oh, hello, uh, I see that you ordered you know uh, two shirts and you want and you returned one." Um, you know, your refund's going to be sent to you in X days. And it sounds like you are still trying to figure out what size you are within our company. Why don't I direct you to a product um, specialist who can help you? That's a great experience versus a lot of the ones you get. They're like, what's your order number? I can't find it. I don't know how to help you. Hold on a second. Let me transfer you. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. just amazing. They practically read your mind and answer your question. You're like, gosh, that brand knows me. I just feel... Um, I, I, you feel much loyal, much more loyal to that brand when they do that versus when you don't usually customer support is not always a great experience, but knowing your customer helps it, you, it actually be an asset for you as a company. So anyway, I totally get it. I totally get it. So instead of like, Hey, what's your order number? It's like, Hey, Mr. Mechanic, I see that you've done blah, blah, blah. And you might be interested in blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's much more of a positive experience for um for your for your customer. So I am curious if we had one more minute, just like sure. like what your challenges are. Cause it sounds like you guys are killing it on a lot of levels. But what are you challenged with? Is it like what you were alluding to? Like how do we get brands to understand that we have this sort yeah. of better mousetrap to unify these different profiles? Yeah, I think it's, I think the challenges were in a very complex um, category with lots of different players that do lots of different things. Um, and so if I was a brand and I was trying to figure out how to solve these problems, it's really hard to navigate through that um, uh, and understand exactly what they need to do. And so we've been, you know, really trying to, um, differentiate exactly that 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 problem that we the hardest problem that we have solved right then and we feel like we're unique in the way we've solved it yeah um, and so b- trying to break through and communicate why that's so important and that's what kind of the back to basics that I talked to you about it's like f- um solve the fundamental you know uh identity and customer attribute you know unification problem build that unified customer foundation. Once you do that, then everything downstream is going to be so much easier. But yeah. if you're starting, if you know, if if your audiences sit in five different platforms, like you have an audience that sits in your email platform and your SMS platform and all these different places, how are you re- truly understanding how to impact your customers, right? And so we're trying to get, you know, we're we're we're, you know, really trying to get customers to understand um, you know, owning your own database and getting it, um, uh, building this great foundation is just going to be so smart for all the future uh, marketing um, <laughs> uh, challenges that that or challenges that marketing is facing. Because as as we all know, the third party cookie is slowly evaporating, and you know, yeah. if if Google follows their what they've announced. Um, Starting in Q1, it's going to really start, you know, it's already started, the signals have started to degrade already, but in Q1, you know, as they start, you know, pulling down the cookie or, you know, not, you're not be able to, you know, uh, track or see those signals. Um, it's really important for brands to, uh, you know, get ahead of the curve and start building that, building a first party data foundation. So they, at some point, you're no, you're no longer going to be able to rent your audiences from your uh, either a third-party aggregator or from your um, from your agency, right? right. And so take control of your own destiny, right? Yeah. You know, uh, build your first-party customer data so you can actually um, create all these really smart uh, uh, interactions with your customers. So that's really communicating that and that sense of urgency. I kind of think about it like um, what happened with GDPR or Y2K. It's like, you know, people, they, they sometimes wait and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then you're like, we really have to figure it out. And we're, we're getting close to that. We really need to figure it out phase. Right. Yeah. Um, because if they don't, then they're, they're they could potentially be in a word, world of hurt if they're not prepared. And so, you know, we like to tell brands that they're, they're kind of too late, but we, we are, we still can help them, uh, you know, figure out their first party data strategy, get it, you know, 
get it get it right and start building them towards really owning their own database versus yeah. renting it right we're kind of going moving away from the era of renting renting your your audiences yeah uh, and that so. um well that can be a very powerful thing obviously in terms of remarketing or in terms of marketing to people that you already know but the value of it so i guess when you rent third party audiences right now it's usually to go after audiences with certain characteristics like you know high income household in atlanta whatever it is yeah um but when you have your own data sets and they're unified properly and enriched with some of those characteristics then you can build lookalike models you can and then you can say i want i you know build a lookalike model for um for everyone that you know buys new product offerings that responds really well to new products on the market and you're and and what it and and so it can build a, a, a an audience based on that you can use that to go and you know reach out to your different ad platforms and say find me customers that look exactly like this yeah. or you find me customers that look exactly like uh the buyers of of this type of product or whatever it is i mean there's a whole bunch of things that you can that that you can do based on that you can yeah. kind of predict the type of people even within your own database of saying if i know that um my typical customer that or you look at customers that bought a certain product and and you look at their characteristics and you say how does that match in my own database to customers from an attribute perspective but maybe haven't bought yet it's almost predicting you know who 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 will also be you know fans or interested in this type of product too so it's both lookalike and it's both for retention and for acquisition right right yeah yeah which is huge and powerful and i think has some implications in b2b too like it's not yeah. necessarily just for you know the the Wyndham hotels of the world that have millions of records. Like I think right. this absolutely applies in the B two B world as well. Exactly. Um, any any anything that has a customer data PII information that needs to be and, and lots of different data in different places. That's what a lot of of of, of especially large companies have. Um, the larger the company, the messier the data just naturally, right? Yeah. Big data sets, billions and billions of records, um, probably trillions at some companies, right? But how do you it's all if it's all siloed in different places within the company, how do you truly understand uh, your customer and how do you um, you know if you're if you're in a big um, if you're in a if you're in a, a large company that has multiple products, how do you sell across those products? Like you had group A that bought company or that, that bought product A, and then, you know, you have a group that bought product B, but they're not in the same databases. So how do you cross sell, you know, um, there there's, there's just, there's just a lot of opportunity to kind of, again, once you learn who your customers, then uh, who your customers are, you, you really understand uh, uh, how you can um, cross sell and, and upsell uh, with them on other yeah. products or company. Huge opportunity, huge opportunity. And I think you guys are at the early phases, you know, because a lot of brands have this problem and I think don't even know it yet. Yeah, they don't. They, they, um, and a lot of them sadly have what they think is a CDP, but they still haven't solved the biggest problem. And so, you know, and so they're, they get confused. They're like, well, I have a CDP, but I'm still having this problem. So because every, you know, companies are, you know, brands within our, category uh have you know different um capabilities and so um we just happen to be an end-to-end -end, end -end cdp that starts with that really important foundation building and then helps um, brands activate that data downstream and gotcha. so if you can start with the foundation it's very hard to get the activation right gotcha gotcha well this has been awesome uh thank you for coming thank you today this has been a lot of fun and has inspired me on our own data stack to get a little bit you know a little bit hydrated as you say yeah. a little bit yeah um, let me know how we can help you <laughs> more specific there but we also have a bunch of clients you know we have a lot of clients that could probably use help in this area and i think many of them fall into the category of you know they just don't really know what they don't know and yep you know, they may think that 50% match rates are like decent, you know? Yep. Yep. 
So um, for everybody listening here today, if you learned anything today or if you enjoyed this, I would appreciate it if you share it with a colleague or a friend. Uh, Give us a five-star review wherever you get your pods. Megan, I would love to sit here and talk with you for another hour, uh, but I know that you have other stuff on your (laughs) schedule. Um, But any parting words or if people want to learn more about you or Imparity, like would you direct them somewhere specific? Yeah. I mean, definitely Imparity.com has lots and lots of information and um, education around how we deliver business value and solve pain points for the marketer, for the IT group and different verticals. Come look at our case studies and proof points, not just what we're saying, but what are our customers saying? Check it out. And if you're not getting, if you still have questions, there's a contact sales button, but you can kind of get more information or watch one of our demos. So um, yeah, we would love to engage. Yeah, and that's amparity.com, amp like amplify, and then parity like prosperity, amparity.com. Yes, amparity. Um, But it looks like an awesome product. It looks like you guys are absolutely killing it. So congratulations. Uh, Appreciate and, it. And thank you for inspiring us all to uh, take a take a double click or a second look at our at our data stack. Yeah. And thank you for having me. This has been a really fun conversation. Cool. I appreciate it. Come back again sometime. I will. All right. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us here today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revenuedrivencmo.com. That's revenuedrivencmo.com. And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. Even if you're already a client, if you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization, if you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, web mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. And that's just because you're a listener of this podcast. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, fill out the two minute form and you will not regret it. Literally zero downside, unlimited potential for growth. So do yourself a favor, revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, no hyphens, no punctuations. You will be happy about that decision.